Two weeks ago, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. I had the opportunity to speak to some preachers there. I had an opportunity to preach in one of the great churches there in Charlotte, just a mile from the speedway. The church has to not meet on Sunday when the race is going on. They're that close to the speedway. But on Monday night, after preaching there on Sunday, I was invited to the home of the former chairman of the board of the Billy Graham Association, and a man that's known Dr. Graham for years that lives in Charlotte. Name is Frank Harrison and his wife, Jan. They invited me to come over and have dinner with them. That night, we sat and talked a lot about Billy Graham. Here's what they told me, that, that first of all, that uh, he seemed to be in good health, that he was moving about. He, was, he could not hear very well, nor could he see very well, but his mind was as sharp as a tack. That was the words I heard two weeks ago. And that there was little doubt that he would make it to 100. But you know, nobody knows what another day is going to bring, even if you're Dr. Billy Graham. We never know because his appointed unto man wants to die. And then the judgment. My message today is entitled, The Everlasting Message, which is the message that Billy Graham preached. Anybody that knows anything about him knows that whether he writes a book, if he's interviewed by Johnny Carson or, or any celebrity on television, um, he gets to the cross as soon as he can. Every preacher that ever heard him speak, he said, guys, start your sermon wherever you want to, but get to the cross as soon as you can. And of course, he believes strongly in the resurrection of Jesus. Get to the cross and then to the open tomb and then you're ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But none of us know what another day is going to bring. I want you to hear the passage of Scripture. Jesus speaking from the Mount of Olives, Matthew 24, verses 1 to 14. Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all things? Verily I say unto you, there will not be left one stone upon another. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? And Jesus said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. And then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and they'll kill you and you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets will arise, and they'll deceive many. And, many. and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be the saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, listen, shall be preached in all of the world for a witness unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. The message that Billy Graham preached. The message was a very simple message. The message was that we are born in sin and we all need a Savior. 
There's no other name given among men whereby we must, we must be saved than the name of the Lord Jesus. We must answer those of us that claim to be Christians and faithful churchgoers. We've got to answer the question, why is it today with all of the churches and with all that we have working and going for us, this signal right now is going out all over the world, live on the internet. Thank God for all that. But here's my question. Someone needs to answer this question. Why is it that our churches are empty for the great part when they used to be filled? What has happened? Why are we baptizing less people in America than we did in 1948? What's the problem? The problem is the message. God put his church here not to bless the community, but to bless the Father. Number one, it gets to the community, but it starts with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We had a crusade in our area just a few months ago, almost a year or about a year ago. Forty-eight churches were asked to participate in that crusade that live in our area. And all but about eight decided that wasn't that important to them. Even though the speaker would be in the public schools, thousands of kids would be able to be just gently exposed to something that they don't normally hear. But the agenda of the church was too busy to tell people that Jesus loves you. We have to answer for that kind of stuff, folks. We are such a sophisticated group of people. We go around with our nose up in the air, and we're better than thou, and we want to do this, and we want to do that. Let me tell you what Billy Graham preached. He preached the simple gospel that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that none are righteous, no, not one, not even church members. You become a member of the body of Christ and you become a member of a local church because it is the arms and the legs and the eyes and the feet and the ears and, the, and God flows his resources financially through his church to tell the world that Jesus saves. But that is our message. And yet our pastors and preachers today take the position, don't use that word repentance. The young people don't want to hear that. Don't you use the word blood. It'll scare our children. God help us. But you see, back when Dr. Graham preached, he preached one message. And I don't care where you heard him. He would tell you, Jesus loves you. God's got a plan for your life. All are sinners, but you can have a Savior and you can be born again. Because you see, the gospel he preached was an eternal gospel. It didn't just help you get through the rough spot. A lot of people join the church because they want to get through some rough times in their life. They don't have a job, so maybe if they go to church, they'll get a job. They don't have any money. Maybe if they go to church, God will give them some money, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? You're either in it for the long haul or you're not in it. There's not one place in this Bible that tells you it's easy to be a Christian. There's not one place that says easy is the way. The only thing we can do is follow Jesus who is the way and the truth and the life. It's staggering to me that God 
gave that message to his churches. And we've thrown it out. We've thrown it out. People want to feel good. They want to feel better. They want to get in a society and a culture where they can just have some influence. It's good for business and good for their social life and all. That's not what Billy Graham preached. And people quit coming to hear that stuff now. And they're forsaking our churches. But today, we, all of us, are closer to finishing our mission than we ever have been. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. None of us know what another day is going to bring. We have conducted and our staff conducts funerals every single week. This week, I don't know how many funerals there were, but I know of one and the families here today, I think. They came to these services together and all the family came to know Christ as their Savior. And in the early 30s, one is gone to be with the Lord. And we've also buried the old. My family's been hit again with the passing of Jack Harvey. But in that service, I did what he wanted me to do. And the the children and the family did the same thing. And it was Jesus, 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 Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. The torchbearer of our generation preached the simple, life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what he did. He lived in an humble house, but he was a gentle giant. He was a man who knew that there's no other name given among all of civilization by which a person can be saved other than the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus. He had a sense of humor. One of my favorite stories is when Lyndon Johnson had him over for dinner one time, and he asked him to lead in prayer for the meal. And so Billy Graham began his prayer. And right in the middle of his prayer, Lyndon Johnson said, Billy, would you speak up? We can't hear you. To which he replied, Mr. President, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) Good, huh? Yes. It makes a big difference, doesn't it? They say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, and I'm talking to him. And when he speaks, we better be listening. Forget E.F. Hutton, all right, for you older folks. When Jesus speaks, we better listen. If he says, I'm the way, there is no other way. If he says, heaven is awaiting the forgiven sinner, not the perfect saint, we better listen. If he says, by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. We better listen to that rather than what we think or what we learned in college from the lost Ph.D. professor who belittled God. And you will see this all over the news in the coming days. One criticized him just this week that he was a poor father. I guess... God the Father was a poor father too. He let his son go to a cross. It's not how you treat your kids. It's how you treat God. Franklin Graham doing pretty well. But he was a terror when he was young. And so was Falwell. But the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. 
And they're picking up the torch and they're moving on. Let's pray for Franklin Graham that he will just keep on keeping on until Jesus comes. That should be our prayer. That's what we want to see happen. In my Bible, Billy wrote a favorite scripture. You know, just how we do it. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the power or I live by the faith of the Son of God. Strong, 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 strong teaching. You know, Billy wasn't the first one that preached like he preached. Paul was the same kind of preacher. The Apostle Paul was a very successful, highly educated, most powerful young man. And he went the ways of the world and he became an executioner of Christians. That's St. Paul. That's Paul that wrote much of the New Testament. But one day, in one moment, Jesus Christ became Lord of his life and knocked him on his knees and called him out of that horrible, horrible life and set him on the solid rock. And I promise you, he's impacted more than Billy Graham. Why? Because this book is still the most read book in the world. His teachings, so strong. 1 Corinthians 9, 16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. This is what Paul said. Sounds like Billy Graham could have wrote this. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. My friend, wherever you are, here, television, or radio, God never called preachers, never, to preach anything other than Jesus. Born, buried, crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended, and coming again. That's it. That is the message. We're not here. We are not here to build the community. We are here to minister to the community the love and the grace and the word of God. And when we don't do that, we will give an account for it. In Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 7 through 9, Jeremiah gives his testimony. It's, uh, he was a persecuted prophet, but he stayed the course. Jeremiah had a lot of times, and Billy Graham had a lot of times, when he was attacked by the press and the news media and celebrities and other preachers, but he stayed the course. He never wavered. He did not bend, he did not bow, and he did not burn. Other place in my Bible, he wrote down Philippians 1.16, Billy did, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. You think he fulfilled that? You bet he did. You bet he did. Jeremiah stayed the course. Paul stayed the course. Billy Graham stayed the course. May God help us to finish well. May God help us to get on the right road. And by the way, a lot of you are making real good time. You're just on the wrong road. You're going in the wrong direction. You say, but I'm making progress. That's what I'm telling you, in the wrong direction. 
But if you can come back and understand that narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and few there are that find it and get on that road, then God can do something with your life and he can take you from nothing and make you what he wants you to be. Listen, God doesn't want another Billy Graham. He wants a you. Being anointed like he was. The gospel doesn't change. But we're not to be like anybody but Jesus Christ. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, that's all I ask, is to be like him. Warnings are coming from every direction. Global warming, economic collapse, earthquakes, hurricanes, nuclear missiles, cancer, mass shootings. I mean, where's the limit? Where's it going to It's going to get longer and longer and longer. But my dear friend, if you're shocked by all this stuff, you haven't read the Bible. It is very, very, very clear that this is what will happen before the coming of the Lord. God doesn't care about the common unity as much as he cares about us getting right with him. We can spend all of our life trying to get right with each other. But you know what? If we fail to get right with him, we make life's biggest mistake. All of us, all of us must be saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember Billy Graham back in the days of rock music. He, he would say to young people, you need to get your mind off of rock and roll and get it on the rock of ages. You think I'd communicate to a teenager? Those of you, any of you ever heard of Elvis Presley? I found it shocked the other day when one of my student ministers told me that one of our teenagers came up and asked him, who's Billy Graham? That's our world. It's a world. They know the singers. They know the actors. They know the people that are leading them into sin. But they don't know those that are trying to lead them to Jesus. What's sadder, though, is that a lot of people don't know the name of Jesus. But when you look at the Nehemiahs, the Isaiahs, the Daniels, the Ezekiels, all of them, Simon Peter, one thing in common, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is still what he said he was in John 14 and 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will come to the Father except by me. Never changed. Never has that changed. It's already been mentioned in the service. Billy Graham is gone from North Carolina. He's gone from this earth. But we know exactly where he is, and he's still alive. He has eternal life. He will hear the well done, my good and faithful servant. And the blood of Jesus cleansed Billy Graham of all of his sin, and he was a sinner. He didn't want you to call him Dr. Graham or Reverend Graham. He wanted you to call him Billy. Because he wanted you to know that he was a sinner saved by grace. But he had a message to share that people would hear and come by the millions to hear him preach the same truth in a different format. If I were to put it together, and I wrote some things down this week. He preached how people could change their life from the inside out instead of from the outside in. He didn't want us to look better. He wanted us to have in here what was the right thing. And then Jesus would change the outside. Another thing he did, he showed people their wounds. That's called sin. 
and how they could be healed. He never preached on a sin that he couldn't tell people, but Jesus can touch you and change that just like that. And he was preaching the truth. He was preaching the truth that the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Another thing he did, he showed people their bondage and how they were in bondage of sin and couldn't keep from doing what they do because they're addicted, they're hooked on it. But he would give them the tools to break the chain and get set free. And some of the greatest ministers of our day are sinners in their youth, but they were saved by the blood of Jesus and they were born again and they have taken what they know about the devil and what he will do and use it against him to the glory of God. He showed us our poverty. We're lost without Christ. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He talked to us in our poverty and said, you can be my heirs. You can be my heirs. I want to adopt you. All this in the heavens, all this in the earth belongs to me and I want to give it to my child and I want to give it to my children and I will give it unto you. But the greatest gift I have is salvation and it is free. The blood of Christ has paid for your sin and you can't pay for it. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough education or uh, intellect. You don't have enough willpower and intestinal fortitude. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. It cannot get any clearer than that. And yet people say, well, at a more convenient season, at a more convenient time. Right now, I'm young. And I'll probably live another 40 or 50 years. My grandmother did, my father did, and so forth and so on. But you know what Billy preached? None of us know what another day will bring. You don't, and I don't. Another thing, Billy never pointed to sin. Never did he point at a sin and didn't tell you, but there's a Savior. Not try these for three weeks and come back and see me. He wasn't a medical doctor. He was the physician that created the body. And any time he shows us a sin, he says, but my blood cleanses from all sin. Boy, that would do a lot for the medical industry today, wouldn't it, if we just had one pill? There'd be a lot of people going broke. What can wash my sins away? Nothing but the what? The blood of Jesus Christ. It didn't matter what the denominational name is outside the building of any church gathering. It is who's inside. Where is Jesus in this place? Where is his spirit? Where is his love? Where is his grace? Where is his forgiveness? Is there anybody here that once was lost and now you're saved? And we'd all jump up. And we sing thanks to Calvary. Thanks to Jesus. Thanks to the old rugged cross and amazing grace. And they're still at the top of the charts in the Christian worldwide music Nothing like the old rugged cross. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We're in a lot of problems today. 
I've heard the solutions. We need more education, a stronger military. We need more money. We need more man-made laws. We need more power. We need more better technology. And we need to be unified in all our diversity. And the list goes on. You know what the answer to today's problems is? The second coming of Jesus Christ. And he says very clearly that he's coming again. And when you say, Pastor, what did Billy Graham preach? With passion and love. Here's the quickly the ABCs. Number one, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23. And then Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because sin came into the world, death came into the world, and because of that, we'll all die. But because of Jesus, life came into the world, and those that know Jesus have eternal, everlasting life. Again, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And 1 John 1, 4, I'm almost finished. Listen closely because in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make the most important decision you've ever made in your life. And I want you to listen as I close this message. I want church members to listen. I want those who are raised in Christian homes to listen. I want those of you that this is the first time you've ever been in a church in your life to listen or watch or listen. I want you to listen because what I'm reading to you is God's word to all of us. Listen, 1 John 1, 4 through 10. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him. Not talking about Billy Graham, talking about the Lord Jesus. And declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you ready for the last line? If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. It's time, world, to get ready. It's time to quit being foolish. It's time to let Jesus be Lord of Lord or just simply to walk out and wash your hands and say, I have nothing to do with this man. That's your choice. You must make the decision. The B that Billy preached was believe. Acts 16, 30. And he brought him out and said, Sirs, this is a man speaking to Paul. What must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And see is confess or call. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 12, for there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over, over all, is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. A final question. It's in the 10th chapter of Romans. How then shall we call on him in whom we've not believed? How can they believe in him who they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? When Billy Graham preached, he always, 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 always gave people a chance to say, yes, Lord, this is going to be my day. This is going to be my day that's more important than the day that I was born or the day I graduated or the day I got married or the day I had the funeral of somebody I loved. This is going to be the greatest day in my life when I broke the chains and I got set free. If I could take the time and I could go up and down these first three rows right here to a whole bunch of people and I could tell you what it was like before Jesus and now they're right here, right here, growing, loving people, loving God and this building is filled with folks like that if you don't know who you're sitting by if you knew their past you might get up and move (laughs) unless they told you but one day I met Jesus and when I met Jesus everything passed in the past and was put under the blood and not only did God listen not only did he forgive me but he forgot about it If I could just get my friends and those I went to high school and my drinking buddies and my wife and on and on to, I wish I could them. Well, they don't forget. That's one of their sins. (laughs) But the one that matters does. He said, and I'll remember them no more. I'll remember them more. Everybody that ever heard Billy Graham speak heard what I've just told you. He never wavered. Never, never, never. But it was the love of God that constrained him. He loved God more than he loved sinners. But he loved a God that told him, go tell sinners that I want to love them like I've loved you. And I want to forgive them like I have forgiven you. Those that knew Billy up close knew that he was exactly in private what he was in public. He had a consistent commitment to the cross. The tomb, the ascension, the second coming of Jesus Christ. He was consistent in all of this. And because of that, millions are rejoicing in heaven right now. And they're welcoming him home. But we're down in the nasty now and now. We still have to deal with today. Many of you right now, the devil is all over you. You cannot wait for these last few moments to end. So you can jump back into your pond of sin and rejection and unbelief, and hatred, and hurting, and broken, and confused. And you don't know which way to turn. You've tried the drugs, you've tried the drinks, you've tried the places to go, the things to do. You've you've tried every sin that you ever got tempted to do, and none of them have set you free. But the blood of Jesus will set you free. Well, what else? Anything else? Well, it must be the blood of Jesus and me getting right, and I'm just not right. I'm not worthy to be saved. No, you can't get right. That's the reason he's saying, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. If I can't get in by the blood of Jesus, I can't get in. 
Nobody wants their life story up on that screen. I know I don't want mine, and I don't think you want yours either. But I sure, if it does, I hope it just turns red all of a sudden and then turns white and said, once I was lost, but now I'm found. Thanks to Calvary. Thanks to Calvary. 75 years he preached that message. All have sinned, believe, confess, and invite Jesus into your life. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, the scripture says, Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation.